It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz. Today, the Adam Ritz Show is on location in... And we are broadcasting in front of this live studio audience. All right. Thank you so much. We're in Roanoke, Virginia. We're at the Sigma Nu uh, convention. It's a leadership conference. We're here with uh, Sigma Nu's from across America joined together to talk about being leaders, being uh, gentlemen, being better people, and representing Sigma Nu on their campuses. And we bring uh, Trip McKinney up from Ole Miss to talk about what's happening at his campus. Hi, Trip. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself, Adam? Fantastic. And uh, I was asking earlier some of your administration uh, who I should talk to. We want to get a really good story about a philanthropy and what's going on. And they said, oh, you got to talk to Trip about what they do at Ole Miss. So I'm dying to know what you guys do to raise money or awareness for charities uh, at Ole Miss. All right. Well, I'll back you up. Uh, our big event is called Charity Bowl. Uh, it started back in the early 90s. We had an Ole Miss football player suffered from a spinal cord injury. Uh, one of the guys, Bill Courtney, who was lieutenant commander at the time, who will be speaking to some of these guys later in the week, uh, started a philanthropy where we play a football game against another fraternity uh, in the stadium at Ole Miss and raise money. Um, as of this year, our goal is we will break, at start in 92, we will break the $1.5 million donated, uh, hopefully after this year, and it's all donated towards a athlete or somebody with a spinal cord injury um, is what we aim it towards. And then within the last three years, uh, going back to something we'll hit close to you in Indianapolis, we have partnered with the Blairy Batson Children's Hospital in Mississippi, and we donate we donate $25,000, and we'll, the Manning family will match whatever we donate to the Children's Hospital. Down. That is unbelievable. Quick round of applause. I heard $1.5 million in there since this charity began. And I'm assuming the Manning family involved because Archie and Eli both played at Ole Miss. And we're Sigma News at Ole Miss. Well, I didn't know. Okay, I didn't know that. Our listeners, I'm sure, didn't know that. Archie and Eli, both Sigma News at Ole Miss. That's insane. Yeah, it's uh, something we're very proud of. And uh, do they come back and get involved with this charity? They're, they're very involved. They're, uh, and the Manning family, especially Olivia, are, uh, is very involved with our fraternity and the philanthropic events, especially at Blurry Batson. That is incredible. Can you get me... Uh, Eli's phone number? I'd like to text him. Uh, I, don't, I don't have that. Yeah, I'll have to look for the guy in the back. Okay, and one thing you mentioned that is astounding to me is that you play this uh, football game in the stadium at Ole Miss, and it's not a flag football game, is it? It's full pads. It's, it's full pads, full contact. We even hire NFL referees. It's a, it's a real deal. Uh, and the fraternity that we play, they actually they bid against each other to donate. So it's whoever donates the most money is who gets to play. So the fraternity that likes you the least, donates the most money so they can try to beat you up on the football field. Yeah, K.A. spent like $10,000 to play us in football. <laughs> <laughs> and you're laughing all the way to the charity bank. Oh, exactly. It's, it's all for a good cause. What a great idea. Now, I mean, full contact football, can, there can be some injuries involved. I mean, has there been any injuries? Uh, there'll be some guys. It's mostly a lot of high school heroes reliving their glory days that uh, they practice in the indoor practice facility the whole week up leading up to it. So thankfully, That's they're amazing. at least a little bit warmed up. But overall, it's a great experience, and the guys love it. 
you got a guy in your chapter who's 300 pounds and he wants to be a wide receiver. Do you make him play line? First quarter. After that, if we're winning, maybe. Uh, fourth quarter, if we're losing, we can maybe put him a wide receiver. You, you drop the plays with bottle caps in the dirt, or do you have like you have a playbook every year that gets handed down? Uh, we use some of the coaches, like offensive line coaches at the university, and we also bring in local high school coaches, so that they've got a pretty intense playbook. So for a single year, what's what's the amount that's raised? So last year we raised over 125,000. Um, it was 75,000 went immediately to our recipient last year, was Stevlin, who's actually one of the most exciting ones. Was one of the first people he got to stand up to accept the check when originally he was going to be a quadriplegic. He is able to stand, so that was really cool to see. Um, overall, it's it's just a great experience. So over $100,000 every year raised for spinal cord injuries at the Ole Miss Sigma Nu chapter. Trip, thank you for the conversation. You so Wish you the best of luck. Let's have another round of applause, not only for Trip, but for everybody here at the Sigma Nu National Convention. Thanks for hosting the Adam Ritz Show. The Adam Ritz Show, a reality show for your radio. We are on location in Richmond, Virginia, at Virginia Commonwealth University. It's VCU. We're with the uh, head men's basketball coach, Shaka Smart. Hi, Shaka. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I am uh, just fine. I can't thank you enough for the hospitality here at VCU. Uh, world famous now for the basketball team after all your recent successes. I know uh, the, the cliche is that uh, it took you, you know, a decade to have overnight success or <laughs> however long you've been in coaching since your playing days at Kenyon College uh, and now one of the uh, most high-profile, well-respected head men's basketball coaches in America. We love to have your perspective on this social awareness public affairs radio show about some off-the-court issues. Uh, you'll talk to ESPN about, you know, the, the tip-off and free-throw percentages, but uh, we like to talk to you about character, integrity, uh, community service, uh, maybe some of the um, uh, philanthropies you guys work with here in the Richmond area. Uh, let's start with community service. What do you guys do, uh, you and your team uh, here in the area, to uh, try to help out the community? Well, community outreach is very, very important to us, Adam, because you know, VCU is Richmond's team. Uh, we're right here in downtown Richmond, and the people that come watch our games, the people that support us, are the people that make up the Richmond community and the community in the surrounding uh, three counties. So for us, it's very, very important to be engaged and involved uh, with everyone in, in this area. So. We do a wide variety of things. Uh, probably our favorite thing to do is go to schools mm -hmm. uh, just because uh, the kids uh, have such an unbelievable passion uh, around here for VCU and for the game of basketball that when our guys show up in their classroom, uh, the response we get is uh, it, it's on one hand very humbling, uh, on another hand, extremely exciting and something that, that, that uh, our guys really enjoy. So we end up getting more out of those type of situations than even the kids that we're mm -hmm. going to see. But we don't stop there. We uh, love to uh, reach out to people that uh, obviously are, are less fortunate uh, than, than some of our guys. Uh, you know, unfortunately, there are some uh, youth that uh, are, are struggling with cancer and, uh, you know, debilitating diseases that uh, are, are in uh, a tough position in terms of having to overcome odds and overcome adversity. Again, it's something that uh, we really enjoy getting a chance to spend time around people like that because if we can lift up their day and lift their spirits, 
uh, that that's something that we feel good about. And then at the same time, it gives you a real sense of perspective and appreciation uh, for the opportunities that, that you have in your own life. Uh, then one other uh, type of community outreach that, that, that I'd love to mention is, and this is a, a unique one for our guys, is uh, outreach to people that are, that are in the justice system. Uh, we've done quite a bit uh, with, uh, you know, juvenile uh, justice system. We've done, we've gone to the uh, local jail. We've gone to prisons. And uh, again, it's, uh, it's an opportunity to be around some people that uh, hopefully can benefit from, you know, seeing us and spending time with us. But again, it's something that we can benefit from. Maybe we can learn from some people that made some bad choices mm -hmm. and are now on the road to recovery and, ha and are learning from those choices. So those are a few of the areas that, that we focus on. Yeah, I can see how uh, some parents might want their kids to go visit a jail just once so they can see this is a place you never want to be. So not only do your players get to go there to help out the inmates that are there, um, but it's also a great reminder to them this is a place you don't want to end up. Well, it, it, it is. And, and, you know, for, for our guys, uh, I think part of our job as coaches is to let them know the impact of the choices that they make. And as you know, Adam, you know, when, when you're young, uh, sometimes you don't fully understand uh, mm -hmm. the consequences uh, of your decisions. But, uh, you know, our guys have done a really good job of uh, learning from others and learning from each other. And that's really what it's all about. It's a, it's a growth process. None of us are perfect. Uh, nobody makes every decision exactly the way it should be, but if we can learn from, you know, the mistakes that uh, others have made that we've made in the past, then hopefully that can make us better. Shaka Smart is our guest, the head men's basketball coach at VCU, Virginia Commonwealth University. We're talking community service. You mentioned your guys go to elementary schools and, and work with kids, um, mentor kids, and I just want to ask from, a, I guess, a comedy perspective, uh, any funny stories on uh, a first grader looking up at one of your guys who's six and a half feet tall and maybe being frightened because they're giant or just running up and hugging them, hugging their leg because they perceive them as like a mascot at Disney World or? No, we get, we get a lot of that, Adam. We, you know, and again, it's, it's always really interesting to watch the way our guys respond to the way that they get treated when they go to these schools because <laughs> Uh, for some of these young kids, uh, our players literally are, are their idols. And so they, some of these young kids will, will attach themselves. They'll run and jump on a guy's leg and hold on <laughs> for dear life, and they won't let go. Uh, but you asked for funny stories. I, you know, one of the schools we went to, uh, this, was, this was last school year, uh, we were doing a presentation on just communication and the way that you stand up in front of a, a crowd and, and uh, speak your mind and, and answer questions. But somehow there got some music involved, and it, it turned into an impromptu dance contest, and all of a sudden there was 300 kids in the audience dancing against our players, and they were, they, they were going back and forth. But, again, that's the exact type of engagement that we love. Uh, it wasn't anything that was scripted, uh, but it was just uh, real, and it was a, an opportunity where we were spending time together uh, having a lot of fun. 
VCU Rams, uh, some success recently, Final Four for you as well, and you've got the athletes, you've got the basketball players. Uh, let me ask you about maybe one or two of your former players. I'm going to put you on the spot, pull a name out, out of your head. Uh, for a guy that's moved on, not to the NBA or athletics, but a guy who's come through your program, who is now doing uh, some amazing things in the real world, uh, whether it's his uh, family, fatherhood, uh, his faith, his job, his career. Um, and he got to that point from coming through your program. Is there a guy out there you'd like to brag about? There is. There's, there's a lot of guys I'd like to brag about. Um, now, I, I don't think the credit necessarily go it does not go to us it goes to the young man and, and the young men that have uh you know accomplished great things after vcu uh but probably the most unique uh non-basketball profession uh that that guys have gone into is uh we have a player that graduated last year a little over a year ago named david hinton and he's uh now in the secret service and you talk about, you know, you would think the selection process to be a part of a sports team, college or professional, is, is very strenuous. It's nothing compared to what it takes to get into uh, an organization like the Secret Service. It was literally for him a nine-month process. They came down here and interviewed everyone that interacted with this young man during his five years at VCU. Uh, they interviewed everyone from back in Winston-Salem, where he's from. Uh, but he made it, and he made it through their version of basic training. Uh, now he's up in D.C. Uh, going through some more training. Uh, really, really excited about him. He came down to practice last, last weekend, and he's wearing a Secret Service shirt. Uh, <laughs> but it's just great to see guys uh, move on to things that uh, are, are even bigger than what they did here. Well, you'll have to make sure you get him you know, courtside seats for the next several years so that maybe he can get you into the White House at some point or get you uh, the, the nuclear codes, maybe. <laughs> we'll take the White House. <laughs> we'll take the, uh, the offer to go there. But just, just so proud of him and all of our guys. And, you know, I, I do think that we have a responsibility as coaches to help these guys become the best version of themselves in their four years with us. And, uh, you know, if parents give us the opportunity to mentor these guys, and we take that very, very seriously. Uh, and it's not just on the court. We're dealing with whole players, whole people. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's something that, that uh, I always remind our staff that we have to keep in mind. Shaka Smart, head men's basketball coach, Virginia Commonwealth University. Uh, to be in your position, I'm sure you've had a lot of mentors in your life, people you look up to. Again, putting you on the stop, let's talk – putting you on the spot rather um, let's talk about your mentors if you want to pull one out of your out of your hat uh, and talk about this person I've had a ton of great mentors as you mentioned Adam I, if you ask me for one I have to say my mom uh, she, she raised me uh, and my three brothers in a single parent home and although she's never coached one day in her life uh, without knowing it she's the best coach that I ever had and uh, when I was growing up, she, we, my brothers and I had very few rules, uh, very, very few rules. In fact, a lot of kids in our neighborhood were envious of, uh, of that fact. But the rules that we did have were non-negotiable. Mm -hmm. uh, we knew never, ever to come home with a grade that was unacceptable to her. And her standard was very, very high. Uh, and because of that, uh, she, she taught me uh, values and she taught me to have certain standards. 
and those things stuck with me long after I left home. That is fantastic. Uh, what what uh, could I ask? What the standard was? Was it a, a B minus or was it an A minus? Well, the, the standard know, was a D plus in my house. That's why I have a radio show. <laughs> it depended. Uh, normally, the standard was an A. Uh, okay. I won't say that I, that I always got an A, but uh, you know, every once in a while, there there was a couple Bs in there. But you know, between my brothers and I, we were all very good students. Uh, and I think I know the reason why. There's only one reason, and that's because of the expectation mm-hmm. that my mother put on us. And she just, she knew it was unacceptable to do anything less, and uh, I appreciate her for that. Her name's Monica King, by the way. I think you know sometimes people talk about their moms and they never they never say their name. So my mom, Monica King, best coaching mentor I ever had. That is great. Okay, and uh, I know you're a busy guy. You got to get some film under your belt tonight. So I'll ask you this uh, final question, just for fun. Now, when you played in college at Kenyon College, uh, can you share a moment with us when you? maybe hit the game-winning shot, or your best memory from on the court? My best memory from on the court? Well, I, I played at Kenyon College, as you mentioned, which is a Division three school, so I would say we probably averaged a few hundred fans at our game, so it's, it's night and day compared to – we're fortunate here at VCU, we sell out every game, mm-hmm. so every single home game we have uh, a packed arena with thousands of people there. Now, I've been to Kenyon College, and it's a beautiful campus. I mean, it really looks like a movie set, but uh, it is small. It's a tiny school. So how many people were at your games? A hundred? It depended on the game, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> let's just say that there was, you know, there was pro- you know, we have practices at VCU where there's more people that, <laughs> that attend practice than we're at the games. But just the opportunity to compete. Uh, and, and, and play college basketball, and just the memories, I think, with the, with your teammates. The thing that our guys don't understand at the age of 18 to 22 is the closest friends you're going to have for the rest of your life are literally the people that you play college basketball with, and that's something that's very, very special to me. And if I could go back, uh, I would certainly love to replay some games um, but the thing that, that I cherish the most and that, that I would go back and experience again if I could is just the camaraderie with the guys in the locker room on team trips in the dorm. And that's something that people that don't participate in sports never really fully understand. Well, thank you, Coach, for all of your insights. Shaka Smart, VCU Rams basketball. We'll be watching you uh, on the court, and we wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Thanks so much, Adam. Get to know Adam at AdamRitz.com. Get to know the radio show at AdamRitzShow.com. It is now time to manage some risk. Let's manage the risk. We have a professional in the uh, industry and hierarchy of risk management. This is David Merrill. Hi, David. How are you? Good, Adam. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Uh, I'm interested to find out more about risk management, how it applies to our listeners uh, and what you do in your field. Uh, I'm going to guess, and from what I do and what I, who I've worked with, um, you need to manage that risk, keep it at a minimum so everybody's productive. Risks including um, drugs, alcohol, behavioral issues. Uh, how much of that am I right? You're absolutely right. Uh, a lot of what we're trying to do is uh, teach these young uh, men how, how we effectively manage the risk. And that is uh, basically putting 
initiatives in place to where um, they can address those concerns and have those conversations. And then at the end of the day, realize that if something were to go wrong, what are the necessary steps to go through it to, to correct, those, um, correct those mistakes that they may run into? There's a reason it's called risk management, not risk elimination. And we just need to better equip these, these guys and these young men um, to, to address those, to have those conversations, um, to be more educated upon that. And then when things happen, make the appropriate and necessary steps to, to rectify those. So you uh, mentioned your guys. You are uh, the director of risk management for a national fraternity, uh, Kappa Alpha Order, and your headquarters in uh, Lexington, Virginia. Uh, I got to tell you, you, you seem like a young guy to me. How old are you? I'm 25 years old. Um, what does now? You're 25. I'm 45. What can you tell these guys that uh, that I couldn't tell them? Because I've got 20 years experience in high risk behavior over over you. Believe it or not, I took some risk when I was younger. Uh, I don't now. I'm the most boring person you've ever met. I don't leave my house. I don't do any. There's risk elimination in my life. Let me let me guarantee you that. But I, I totally can understand if you're if you're 18 to 22 years old in a fraternity on a college campus, there's going to be some high risk behavior they're going to face. What do you tell these? guys? Uh, I think it's important for them to realize that um, when they reach the college atmosphere, they're going to be introduced to a lot of different things that they may not have uh, when they first came to school. Um, there were a lot of different things in high school. Um, they had most likely had a curfew. Um, they most likely had to report to their parents what they did each day. And when you get to the college atmosphere, all of a sudden you don't have that uh, immediate report that you have to get to when you get home. Um, maybe it's you know college brand or fraternity brother. Uh, and then sort of the social atmosphere gets glorified through those different conversations. So what they really need to realize is when they go out, maybe they're in a new atmosphere, they need to be aware of their surroundings. Uh, they need to be aware of how much they drink because if you're in a different culture, you're more likely to consume more uh, concerning the atmosphere. So uh, they need to realize that high-risk behavior is absolutely uh, attributed to um, young men. And when that kind of occurs, now we're putting different things in jeopardy. Uh, we're putting uh, the rest of our college experience in jeopardy in terms of academics. Uh, we're putting our um, future careers in jeopardy if, if we were to get cited for something. Uh, and so they, they just really need to realize that um, high-risk behavior kind of elevates uh, when we get to uh, the, the college scene first off, and especially when we join a Greek organization. You mentioned being aware of your surroundings. Uh, I think that human beings, uh, especially men, especially that demographic, 18 to 22-year-old men, um, they have a sense of trust um, mixed in with invincibility and their ego. Um, which I don't mean like conceit or narcissism. I just mean, you know, all humans have ego. Uh, there's a sense when you combine all that trust, ego, invincibility, they think they can walk into a situation, a room, a place, a, ge a geographic place, um, and not have to think um, and not have to be aware of, of, of their surroundings. Um, I think that's very important, not just for that demographic, but for all of us, wherever you go, to be aware of your surroundings. How can you get out of this room if it catches on fire? Um, who are the people that look most high risk in this environment? Do I want to hang out with the guy that looks like he has heroin in his backpack? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I'm not suggesting to profile necessarily, but you've got to use some common sense too. Absolutely. And I think the conversation needs to be centered around, uh, this will never happen to me. Uh, and then later down the road, it's like, I never thought this would happen to me. I think the conversation needs to be what what things can I put in place now uh, to possibly manage that in the future so it doesn't happen? David Merrill is our guest. He's an um, uh, expert in the industry of risk management. He's the director of risk management for Kappa Alpha Order. Uh, do you have any favorite uh, mantras or sayings or um, slogans that you teach your guys? Like uh, one of my favorites is, you know, don't get caught up in the hype. 
when you're emotional, uh, maybe even if you've had a few cocktails, if you get caught up in the hype, that's when you can make a decision that can affect lives. Do you have any mantras or slogans that you share these guys, share with these guys? And I'm putting you on the spot now, but um, maybe after the interview, let's sit down and come up with some and, and get the URLs for them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'll, I'll give it good thought and definitely get, give back the one, uh, the one that, that best fits uh, what I to t- try to teach the guys. So when you were in college, where'd you go to college? I went to Florida Gulf Coast University. Florida, okay. So um, the, the interesting thing I've always found interesting about colleges in Florida is the spring break aspect. I'm from a part of the world where on spring break, you go to Florida. Uh-huh. High school, college, where, whatever age you are, on spring break, you hit the beach, you go to Florida. Um, where did you go to spring spring break yeah it's uh it was a uh, interesting scene because a lot of times uh well at de- especially at florida gulf coast university when you have a beach on campus and you have three beaches within 15 minutes of you uh you really n- kind of have four and a half weeks of spring break uh but a lot of times guys just get out of that atmosphere because they have it year round and just to expound on what you just said, because um, I learned that recently. I was actually at Florida Gulf Coast working with some uh, students there, and um, I asked them about the spring break question too. And they said, well, we don't have a week of spring break. We don't go anywhere. We stay here and let the four-week cycle of Northerners come to us. Yep. So, yeah, they have class and they have responsibilities for three of those four weeks, but they blow them off minimally so that they can go to the beach and now they've got a new round of uh friends they can make so to speak on the beach you bet they live where you vacation that's uh i'm jealous from a <laughs> from a guy that went to uh, purdue in, in the snow in the big 10 when it was uh dark and cold walking to class at eight o'clock in the morning i'm jealous uh david merrill is our guest director of risk management we're talking risk management our listeners um not all of them are in college uh for a 40 year old guy for a 50 year old woman listening right now um what kind of uh advice do you know or learn or teach to your guys in that age group of 18 to 22 that really transcends to all demographics, all ages? I think it's just a matter of um, being aware of different policies, um, putting things in place to address those policies, whether it's certain restrictions within your organization, your business, uh, your corporation, uh, and then just uh, empowering men and women uh, to act on those certain policies to hold those certain members accountable because a lot of the times when we see things fall through and a lot of mistakes are happening um, it generally comes from uh, a lack of accountability uh, and a lack of response from those in charge and you mentioned you said it earlier and you just said corporate corp- corporations as well from a corporate point of view High-risk behavior, especially with an arrest, misdemeanor, or felony on your record, it can really hold you back from moving forward in the corporate world. I'm sure you see that with your guys. Absolutely, and you see it, uh, unfortunately, quite a few times in the headlines of uh, simple mistakes that uh, you know are, are really on a higher platform, and so those are going to get um, elevated much more so than uh, – Maybe a small organization, but we really need to. What we really need to understand is, uh, no matter who we are, no matter where we are, uh, we're always on a spotlight. Whether we're a fraternity man, a sorority woman, uh, a corporate exec, um, or or anybody really, we're we're always on a higher platform. So, um, you know, it, it really is a matter of uh, letting these young young men know uh, at this conference that we are at this weekend that um, as a fraternity man and as a member of Cap Alpha Order, uh, they need to they need to uphold their best behavior because they are in a spotlight. And uh, and if if they truly say that they're the gentleman that they say the fraternity is, they they need to act upon it. 
All right, David Merrill, thank you for joining us, and I'll see you on the beach. You bet. Thanks for having me. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. Conversations and interviews from all over America. It's the Adam Ritz Show. And we uh, thank you so much for tuning into this broadcast. We have such a great time meeting interesting uh, people from coast to coast, and now we are joined uh, by Cody Parker. Hi, Cody. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? You know, we talk, I'm doing great. Thanks. We talk about coast to coast and, you know, where are we? Georgetown College in the beautiful state of Kentucky. Tell us uh, one thing we need to know about Georgetown College. Well, uh, Georgetown College, we're an NAI school. It's not NCAA, but we still have a very good competitive edge in sports and we take pride in our Baptist roots and all over, you know, we're just a great education. I got to I gotta believe this campus is, is just beautiful. Um, from from end to end, being in the, the rolling uh, meadows of Kentucky. Yes, it's, it's an absolute beautiful campus, and it's one of our biggest sellers when it comes down to it. Okay, so we're here to talk uh, sports, yeah. and we're also going to talk community service. Now, you're a football player with the fighting who? Tigers, Georgetown Tigers. The Georgetown the, Tigers, yeah, all right. Yeah. We bring you on the show to talk about the service you do with your community. Um, from a community service point of view, what do you guys do? Well, uh, in the springtime when we don't have season, we normally just have a normal lifting and practices, but every now and then we get out in the community for the weekends because um, our fans are our community and we don't get a whole lot of them. And our way to give appreciation and thanks back to them, we go out and do things that they need because there are people out there in our community that, that need the help and we do whatever we can as kind of like a thank you for being supportive. That's a great idea. So uh, just one specific, like what do you go out and do for these people? Well, there's actually uh, there's a farm that I worked at. It's called um, the Hoot and Kathy Gibson. They own it. And uh, I went out there. They're big supporters of the football team. They donate money every year and they're, lo- they're loving, loving people, and we go out there to the farm and give them help because they don't have a whole lot of help out there as it is, and we try to help them as much as we can, cleaning fence rooms, he- lifting heavy stuff because he's, he's an older man and he can't do everything himself, so okay. we go out there and do as much as we can for him. Well, thank you, Cody, for your service. We appreciate all the hard work you do. I'm Adam Ritz. want to thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter, at Adam Ritz. And don't forget to go to the website, adamritzshow.com. Click on the link for... The GoFundMe account that we're doing to help out the Lupus Foundation of America. Again, find that at AdamRitzShow.com. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit AdamRitzShow.com.